okay. I feel like we're in the swing of things now. This is it's like riding a bike. It's so good to be back, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he said right before we started. No, just no, it's kidding. good. I, I like doing the podcast. I really do. I like talking to you, Michael. I You know, and I was actually thinking, I think the podcast is going to get better this year because we don't see each other as much. Many of you probably remember that I started working part-time at John the 23rd in June, so... Hey, just let me tell everybody, he's only been working part-time for the last 15 years. Wow, that hurts. Oh, that wow. hurts. I'm sorry. That I shouldn't hurts. have done that publicly. Well, now I really just show up on the weekends. <laughs> so when we record podcasts now, this is really our only interaction during the week at this point. So Except for those texts back and forth right. and the phone calls. And You're going to get it in all of its glory, folks. Yeah. Whatever that is. Okay. Well, welcome back. Here we are getting ready for already August 8th. And we are celebrating this weekend the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And and we have the third week already of John chapter 6. So as we were looking at this in preparation, so last week we, we ended, and then there are a few verses left out between the end of last Sunday and the beginning of this week. So that's just like a little teaser, folks. Pull out your Bible, do your homework, and you can read the part let that me has... Let me do better than that. Oh, you're going <laughs> to... I was this is what I really do recommend, and I mean this very sincerely. Okay. When you have a, a group of readings Sunday after Sunday after Sunday on the, from the same chapter, yeah. you almost owe it to yourself to pick up the Bible and read all of chapter 6. In its entirety. Yeah, chapter 6 is just one chapter. It won't take you very long. No, it doesn't. It's just a light read. Unless you meditate 15 minutes on each line. There you well that's we know that's what pious and holy people like you do. The rest of us just read the audio. Well here's actually we read the audio. We listen to the audio. Oh my. <laughs> Keep going. Michael, you are out of practice. I am. I am. Okay. One one of the things that I think everybody should do is try to preach on what you've read. Oh, this could be a fun contest. Yes. Uh, read read a passage and say, what is the salient point of this section that I would like to share with someone else? Now, you, I'm not telling people to go out on the street and start preaching. Yeah. But it's a good practice for finding out what you really know about the scripture. We could give the winner a five-minute guest appearance at the, uh, at the altar next Sunday. No. Five minutes of stage time. Uh, maybe... 20 minutes after Mass is over. <laughs> well, they're all gone by then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's go into John 6. And we're, this week, we're, it's only a few verses, verses 41 to 51. Remember, it's a long chapter. Sure. Verses 41 to 51. And last week, I got to do the good stuff, so I'm going to let you do the good stuff this time. I thought you were going to say, so I'm going to do the good stuff again. <laughs> I will do the beginning, and you're going to come in. All right. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets. They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except the one who is from God. He has seen the father. 
Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Did I tell you that I got I had the chance to read you told the, the whole, readings? You told the whole church this weekend. At I, one of the masses. You said it at three of the four masses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not but that I, I was keeping track. I, I messed it. Uh, I read oh, it was from, great. I read from Ezekiel, and I ended with the gospel, I mean, the word of the Lord. The first time I heard it, I laughed. It was because I can see you'd be so proud of yourself. Oh, I get to do a first reading for a yeah. change. Well, I, what I love about this passage today is how it seems like it's repeating itself, but it keeps adding like another layer. Well, first of all, let's just take out that whole thing about the, the, the crowd yeah. thinking, well, isn't this Mary and, isn't this Mary and Joey's kid? kid? That- you know, what's, who does he think he is? How did he come down from heaven? Makes me think of oh, new kids on the block. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that whole thing. And I love the part where Jesus says, stop murmuring among yourselves. Murmur is a great word. I think I'm going to use that. Is murmur an onomatopoeia? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. All right. I just throwing it out. So you murmur, murmur, murmur. Right. See, exactly. Did you know, isn't that what uh, a bunch of starlings is called? I believe so, yes. A flock of starlings is called a murmur. Yes. Okay. You could also have a heart murmur. Well, just anybody else got different uses of the word. Would anybody else like to have a stream of consciousness? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to where we were. Here we are. I'm reeling you back in. You went with the starlings. I know. That's true. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is written in the prophets. They shall all be taught by God. Now, the, the part here that I allowed Michael to read, and I did allow him. Oh, Lord. Because he's not, or, he's not ordained. That. Uh, <laughs> amen, amen. I say, do you ever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Yes. We had that very line just last week. Uh-huh. I am the bread of life. And then the whole part, your ancestors ate man in the desert. They died. Okay. We already covered that too. Yeah. As I was reading this, thank you for allowing me. Holy. Father, you are welcome. So kind of you. Be kind to me. I've been uh, nice to you. <laughs> if you had a ring, I would kiss it. Um, I kept thinking, boy, is this repetitive, but I liked, I liked the, the positive spin you put on that, that it's layering. So keep going with that. Yeah. Like and it. so that you, you will, that one may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. So it's adding the part of coming down from heaven. That's in this passage today. Yeah. So it's not just living bread that came down from heaven. So it's the connection with heaven, but connection with the father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then it it really makes a bold jump and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. And that's the first time he's used that word. Yes. Okay. So now, now we have, okay. So we, it, it grows and grows and grows. It's, it's almost like, um, I would, I don't want to use a tornado because a tornado has negative connotations, Yeah. but each time it comes around, it picks up a new element and then, People can't see me, but I'm spinning. He's my spinning finger, his spinning finger. my finger around. In it's the great. Air, I, and it goes around and around, but it keeps picking up a new image, a new momentum. Yeah. And it it gets it, it's more and more and more exciting. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and so here he says, "I will give my flesh, my 
I give my flesh for the life of the world. So even there, it's a, again, it's not just a reminder that we're living for heaven, mm-hmm. but for the life of the world. Yeah. The, the, the heaven and earth connection is real, and the connection is found in the Eucharist. Jesus is the bread of life on earth. I often tell people at funerals, you've heard me say it because you've heard a lot of my funeral homilies. I often say, if someone welcomes Jesus into their life on the earth, you can be very sure that Jesus welcomes them into his life after death. Yeah. That's a beautiful image, actually. Well, thank you. Yeah. Good job. You should yeah. use, use it again. Okay. I, I'll allow you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the image that comes to mind, you talk about like this layering effect. I almost think of, um, you take like a piece of music and I'm thinking like, I was going to say that's true in music, like in, in orchestral music, you know, you may have like one instrument, um, play the melody for the first time, just as it like is, is for people to hear that melody. And then it starts layering with other instruments. And well, you, you do the same thing when, when we do the bridge in the song oceans, yeah, the kind of the repetition of it, it pulls and up different instrumentation. And each it, each time we do it six or seven times, and it it really, it's not just a, a mantra, and it is sort of a mantra because it's the same words. Yeah, but there's uh, additional elements. Yeah, and you hear things differently. Well, even that that's an interesting because not only are you you're layering instruments to it, you're also at, at different times, the composer of the song chose. A different different harmony different chord progression to almost emphasize okay we're going to sing it again but we're going it's going to sound different we're presenting the same thing but there's something still noticeably different about and it. and that's probably why in the right hands that song doesn't bore you yeah uh, i think a lot of contemporary songs if you don't have musicians who have that ability to to make those changes yeah uh they become tedious. I hope that you find one someday. That would be good for you. Uh, te- tedium? A non-tedious musician. A non- no, you're not tedious. <laughs> oh, good. You, you're many things, but you're not tedious. <laughs> well, we'll get into that list later then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that you know, there's this this um, this building. I also think talking about mantra and talking about music, it, uh, my mind is also drawn to the beautiful Taze, Eat this bread, drink this cup. Come yeah. to me and never be hungry. And in that way too, you you know, you introduce the melody and then you start to build those rich harmonies on it and different melodies. And of course, you know, that prayer, are we going to be singing that sometime in the course of the month of August? That would have been a great idea. I don't think it's planned, but it doesn't mean that we can't make it happen. Well, we have picked new songs in the course of the 23 podcasts before (laughs) we have, there have been times when I have said, Oh, this would be good. And you, we just pivot. You knew who signed your checks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) I'm, Direct deposit works miracles, though. Yeah, as as small as they are. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know the fact that we have this layering. So I'm 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 thankful that you introduced me to layering instead of repetition. That was layering is good. That's good. Repetition is is it's 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 not necessarily bad. It it's just sort of neutral. But layering is good. Well, so go back to the oceans thing because I can when oceans was popular. I mean that song's already ten years old. But when oceans was popular, I can remember. I just learned to like it a week ago. (laughs) That's pretty on par for you. Um, (laughs) I can remember like students, like high school students, saying like, "Oh my gosh, it just 
you never stop singing it, you know, like if we would use it for youth group or something like yeah. that. And I would explain to them, well, it's not the repetition. We're not repeating for the sake of repetition. We're it's repetition for the sake of prayer. Right. Um, and I think you're exactly right that, you know, a lot of contemporary Christian music, it, some are worse than others get a bad rap for all we do is just sing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, part of that could be because some composers don't have anything better to say, but I, I think as you stated, if done well, it can be a profoundly prayerful yeah. experience for people. Yeah. So I think that's, that's all very good. So what does this say that's going to change our lives this Sunday? Wow. No pressure. No pressure at all. That's the job of the homilist. That's exactly it. But remember last week I said that the task is to pretend you're giving the homily. Oh, that's right. Well, did you say that last week? or I think that was this week. That was on this podcast. Was it? I don't know. I know I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> Your ancestors ate man in the desert, but they died. This is the bread. I think that I, what I'm struck by this is the whole thing that this living bread is to transform the world to life. The world, and I, I don't mean the world as in the life of the planet. I don't mean the world in the sense of the secular versus the sacred. Mm-hmm. I think I'm here. I think when he says the world, he's saying for the life of the world, he's talking about humanity. He's saying, I am here to bring life to people, mm-hmm. uh, vitality that we don't just, we don't just go through the motions. Mm. How many people never really live? They're alive. They breathe. They go to work. They raise a family. But are they really alive? Well, I mean, do they discover what life is about? The word that I would use is thrive, right? Are we, are we thriving or are we merely surviving? It works well because they rhyme. You're like, um, yeah. You could write a song. But <laughs> I survived. I thrive the survive. And we'll only repeat it 10 times, I yeah. promise. But I, I it's think, like being saved from the grave. <laughs> it's, it's 100% true. But I do think there's there's truth in that, that, you know, I think sometimes it's a conscious choice that we, you know, last week we talked about, you know, food, food as a means to survival just to get up and the next day and keep working so that you can get more food and, and survive. Yes. You know, fast forward now to this week, you know, we are incredibly blessed to have many of the modern conveniences that we have that allow our survival as humans to be something that we don't have to think about a whole lot, but are we truly thriving in our day-to-day life in terms of what are we doing with ourselves? Are we taking care of ourselves? And, and are we just looking for a thrill? Yeah. You know, I think some people think they thrive by a thrill. I, I'm still trying to figure out why somebody would spend billions of dollars to go to the edge of space. Yeah. You know, you're gone for 11 minutes you're, you're in weightlessness for four minutes or so, and then you come back, and it's kind of cool, I guess, to do it. Sure. But Cedar Point provides the same th- thrill for me. Uh, and it's about the same price. Yeah, about the same price. But the whole idea, is we don't want to confuse thrill or a high or like the perfect vacation. We don't want to confuse that for really being fully alive. You know, there... I think being fully alive means somehow realizing all your the human potential. Yeah. Being fully alive means using your capabilities. Being fully alive is 
loving deeply and profoundly and allowing yourself to be loved, that's fully alive. Yeah. I think you touched on it in some ways that homily you gave that weekend you came back from vacation and you talked about being at the cabin at Glacier without any Wi-Fi and phone service and all of that. In some ways, I think that's being fully alive because... Let me tell you that my favorite part of the entire vacation was at that cabin yeah. in the morning. And that the, the cabin was big enough for three of us, mm-hmm. uh, two bedrooms. And I got up first and I made a cup of coffee. They had a little curry in the ca- cabin. Mm-hmm. I made a cup of coffee, took my uh, I- iPad, which has my... Uh, morning prayers, the 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 breviary, the official prayers of the hour for the priest. Yeah, I took it outside, sat on the porch. Now it was also fifty to fifty five degrees, so I had a hoodie on. Sure, and I had to hold the cup of coffee to warm my hands. Uh, beautiful morning because you're very far north, so the morning days were longer. The sun came up earlier, and the sc- sun went down later. Okay. And there were already uh, little creatures. There were, uh, I think they're called pikas, the the little animals out running around. They're sort of like uh, gopher type things. Oh, cool! They're very playful. We, I could see those. There were some birds singing, but praying like that, and it was just God, and nature, and myself, and I felt like I had, in a sense, invaded another world. It was their world, and I was just allowed to be there for a little while. Yeah, but that's kind of again back to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. We're 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 entering another world, and Jesus is inviting us to enter another world. We're sort of go, we don't have to go to the edge of space, but we're going into the world of the divine. Mm-hmm. The prayer at Mass is preparation of the altar. You're usually singing a song at that time, so the prayer is said quietly. But as the priest puts a few drops of water into the wine, the priest says, by the mystery of this water and wine, may, I come, may we come to enter the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to enter our humanity. Sort of like if you put water into wine, you can't take the water back out again. It's permanent. It's permanent. Right. It's, it's entered another realm. Jesus entered the realm of humanity and through the Eucharist is inviting us to enter the realm of divinity. I I won't say we become divine, but we enter into divine. That's the Eucharist. I mean, we, we just don't realize how powerful it is. We, we talk about, I'm going to go have communion, you know, uh, (laughs) got to go to mass today. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that people hunger for communion. We talked about hunger. People do hunger. And that was the biggest thing I heard as people came back to church after being gone because of COVID. I, I hungered to receive communion. Sure. Uh, in fact, some of the people in RCIA every year, that's what they keep saying. I, I can't wait to receive communion when I come to mass. So yeah, there, I'm not going to take that away. Right. There is a hunger. But I think we, we don't realize we hunger for more than just receiving Jesus. We are entering into Jesus. We're entering into the divine. That is so profound. It's beyond what I can say. And if I may add to that. Yeah, because I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> it's not just entering into it. It's 
that we receive it, it becomes one with us, just like that water becomes intermingled with the wine, that it becomes part of us, and then we take it back into the world with us. So it's not just, well, we walk into the church and we experience it here, and then it's over and we leave. It's action-oriented to take it with us back into every situation that we encounter in the following week. Some of the younger priests love to use the image of the priest as the altar Christus, another Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that's acceptable on some levels. But the reality is everybody, every Christian is supposed to be an altar Christus. Every one of us is supposed to be another Christ. Yeah. So we have to be Christ-like, but more than just imitating Christ, we have to, as St. Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. We have to allow the transformation. That's what this passage is talking about. Uh, it's way beyond what we usually just think of when about, uh, you know, we, we preach Eucharist, but we don't preach it as, as well as we could. <laughs> is that a personal challenge for yourself? Oh, definitely, yes. All right, we're going to hold you to it this weekend. We'll ha- you know what, we could, we'll have like they do on Dancing with the Stars. We'll give you numbers after your homily. I'll give you a ten. Don't worry. But you don't. You you don't want to see well, me dance. With the, no, you're just going to preach. We, we'll yeah. we'll let you do what Pre- you do. Preaching best. with the star. Pre- <laughs> preaching with the stars. Oh, who could we call? I don't know very many celebrities. Just you, really. I'm not a celebrity. I'll get your autograph after this podcast. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next weekend as we get ready for the Assumption. The Assumption of Mary, and we're going to find out what the word assumption means. Okay, can't wait. Take care.